0: This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery companion. Break down each week's brand new episode of the sixth live action Star Trek series with us every Monday during the season. To subscribe on your iPhone, Android, or other device, visit our website at DiscoveringTrek.com. Hi, this is Kim Stinger, Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek Continues. All hailing frequencies are now open for the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. this will show this side of the alpha quadrant your independent star trek podcast greetings everyone welcome to trek geeks we are so glad you're here thanks for downloading and spending a little bit of your day with us i'm your co-host bill smith happy to be here with you and allegedly i'm also happy to welcome my co-host he's a gentleman that i've had to spend the last week with in in a moving vehicle traveling to and from our place of employment Every. Single. Day. Never thought I'd get tired of him, and, well, it's so good to hear his voice now. He's Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome back, buddy. You're a liar. We didn't commute together Friday, and I was very upset. It seemed like all week. Let's put it (laughs) that way.
1: I knew you were going to say that. Thanks, man. It is, for me anyway, it is great to be here. I'm looking forward to the discussion in this week's episode, and I'm glad that I'm here to do it with you, pal.
0: Wow. I I was waiting for the punchline.
1: Oh, there's no punchline. I'll just punch you tomorrow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness I'm not riding in with you tomorrow, but um, it's a... Dan, we are continuing our celebration of TNG 30 and we're going to wrap up the last of our looks at the individual seasons with a fan favorite episode.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're actually changing up uh, for what we originally scheduled and what we announced a couple of weeks ago before our Thanksgiving break. Uh, we were going to talk all good things today, but, you know, with See it or Skip It, it made sense to kind of hold off a week to talk about the last episode of TNG until after we gave our thoughts on the entire season. So we're going to push that off a week and we're going to have a great discussion today.
0: We absolutely are. And we have a special guest joining us for this week, See It or Skip It. We We do.
1: Oh, that's right. I'm the guy who does the scheduling. Yes, we do. We have a great guest. Jason Inman is going to be joining. Uh, he from Geek History Lesson and is also uh, uh, someone who works very closely with someone who's been on this show a couple of times, Ashley Victoria Robinson. So we're really thrilled to have uh, him on to be our, our guest host, to be the referee as we duke it out on what is see it or what is skip it, which is kind of funny when you think about it because it's even se- season seven and I think we know it's going to happen.
0: Uh I think we do. I think somebody's going to be really upset with us. Um yeah, people may know Jason not only from geek history lesson but also from uh DC all access cuz he's currently the co-host of that. He does a lot of stuff over on Collider. Um you can catch a lot of that stuff on YouTube. So we're excited to have Jason here today. This is this is pretty awesome. I um I look forward to talking with him. I wish I could say the same about you, buddy. Oh, wow. Okay. So
1: things have not changed since we began commuting together, I I see.
0: No. No, you know what else hasn't changed? We'd love for people to get in touch with us, Dan, and tell us their thoughts on Season 7 and Next Gen. How might they do that, mon frere?
1: Many, many ways to do it, good friend. On Twitter, Facebook, Skype, and on Instagram. You can find us at TrekGeeks. And you can also send us an email at podcast at trekgeeks.com. Uh, You know what? If you'd rather give us a call and leave a voicemail, that'd be awesome. You can call us at 508-784-1701, and you can do the very same thing on your computer by going to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks. And as always, it's a broken record, but it's it's great to talk about. We have our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer, over on Facebook. Uh Great discussion going on every single day over there. Uh, head right on over to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer, and one of our wonderful admins will let you right in. And if you're lucky, maybe even Bill or I will be the one that will let you into the group. That's always a bonus. But remember any of these comments or messages you leave in any of these places, maybe you just in a future episode. Back, Bill, back to you.
0: <laughs> here's, here's the thing that blows my mind. Hmm. You can't say the word slipstream, but you could roll through that like you were the FedEx guy.
1: Slipstream, baby. Slipstream. Go on slipstream. Uh. Slipstream.
0: Yeah, you can't do it when it counts, though. Like That's the very
1: important part. Absolutely.
0: Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. For all the news on all the Star Treks. It's (laughs) treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. And Dan, up first... But well, you and I were both big supporters of the Deep Space Nine documentary, and it appears there was some news for that production that we were kind of surprised by.
1: Uh, I think that's uh, a little bit of an understatement, oh, podcast partner. Yeah. Uh, came out uh, about a week or so ago that director Adam Nimoy has decided to step down as director of the project, and it was uh, uh, quite a shock uh, to me. Um, uh, got to meet him out at at Vegas this past year and congratulated him on on the work that he's done with for the love of Spock and looking forward to what he's going to be doing here with with what we left behind. But uh, yeah, quite a quite a surprise, I think, is uh, an understatement. Like I said,
0: it really is. I mean, yeah, he was brought on after the project had already been announced. Honestly, this is the kind of thing I'm okay with because. I mean, there are people still involved with this production that know how to turn out content. And, I mean, uh, Ira Steven Bear has helped turn out seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. So I have every confidence in their ability to actually get this thing made.
1: Yes, I I don't think that his stepping down is going to hurt the project. It was just more of a shock uh, uh, for me. But as you mentioned, uh, Ira and Steve. Iris Stephen Bear and 455 Films' David Zapone will be taking over the day-to-day directorial responsibilities for the documentary. And in addition, they have also announced that they are going to push back the release date just a little bit. Uh, it was originally slated to be released in February of 2018. Uh, they're going to push that back. They're not giving a specific date yet, but they say, "quote They are still aiming to have the film done in early 2018." So we still get to look forward to it next year. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be fantastic, no matter who is behind the camera, because of all the people that were in front of the camera during Deep Space Nine that have come back to share their stories. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: I agree with you. I'm looking forward to it, and um, I'm really curious to see you know, the finished product, especially since we saw some scenes in Vegas at STLV this past August. Dan, up next, speaking of crowdfunded projects, our dear friends, the band Five-Year Mission, they provide all of the music for Trek Geeks and Discovering Trek. They have a crowdfunder going and it's moving at warp speed.
1: There it goes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see the support that our friends have have already gotten. They just started this crowdfunding uh, campaign uh, a little over a week, a week and a half or so ago. They've already surpassed $7,000 as we record, um, and they reached their initial goal in just hours. It just shows the support uh, that the group has. It's just fantastic to see. I'm, I'm thrilled for them.
0: I am too. It, it's exciting. It means we're going to get all that cool stuff that, <laughs> that that they promised for year four and more. And plus, Dan, they have some new tiers in the Kickstarter, one of which means that a couple of lucky five-year mission fans could be guest geeks on a particular podcast
1: (laughs) yeah we're we're thrilled about this they just announced these perks uh just within the past 24 hours and you know anybody who would like to be a special guest host for a see it or skip it episode right here on trek geeks your independent star trek podcast can just head on over to the uh kickstarter campaign do a little donation and uh, you can come on over and join us for a, a Deep Space Nine season for Cedar Skipper, Skip It. And that's going to be fun. We have so much fun with these episodes when we do the whole season of a particular show. And uh, it'll be great to welcome somebody who's helped the band
0: uh, with year four. Very, very cool. Can't wait. Two lucky five-year mission fans who donate at that particular level will be guest geeks here on Trek Geeks. And, uh, w- we only hope that somebody takes us up on it because somebody has to keep us in line. And by us, I mean you, Dan. Yeah. So and I was going to
1: say, it'll be great to get somebody in because we're always looking for new talent. So when I, uh, pull a coup and take over, uh, you will just show you the door that much quickly, quickly. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> Flipstream. Uh, <laughs> plus Dan, in other fundraising news, Uh, Many of our friends at Star Trek Continues are wrapping up their fundraiser for their new short film, When the Train Stops.
1: Indeed they are. This fundraiser is actually ending uh, in just a couple of days as we record. Uh, it really looks interesting. It's a Twilight Zone-esque short film uh, that's got a lot of drama involved in it. And as the people on the uh, Indiegogo campaign page say, it's got an amazing twist ending. And those are always very cool. Uh, as we have talked about before, there are a ton of Trek and Star Trek Continues alumni in this uh In this short film, When the Train Stops, including Michael Forrest and John DeLancey, Vic Mignogna, Kipley Brown, just a whole bunch of people that are just legends in Star Trek, uh, in our minds at least. And it's directed by the one and only James Kerwin, and it's produced by the amazingly talented Lisa Hansel, who we have had many kind words for here on this podcast.
0: Absolutely. Dan, I am a donor to this project myself. I have no problem putting my money in the hands of people who know how to turn out crowdfunded content. Um, I, I'm looking forward to the finished product of this film. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited and I can't wait. Uh, we hope everybody checks out their Indiegogo and and finds their way to donate a few dollars before midnight on December 6th, 2017. Um, We'll post a link again on the Trek Geeks page, or if you go to Indiegogo and search for When the Train Stops, you'll find it right away. Uh, Dan, uh, we're not done with news. There is some huge, amazing news from our friends at Fansets, the exclusive sponsors of our other podcast, Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion.
1: Yeah, you know, it is no surprise how much we love these guys. We talk about them all the time. We love having them as our sponsor over on Discovering Trek. Well, they got some big news coming down, effective today as this podcast drops on December 5th, all the way through Christmas Eve. Any orders that you place at fansets.com, whether it be Star Trek pins, Harry Potter, DC, whatever you want, put them all in your cart, click that checkout button, and enter the code word TREK, all in capital letters, and you're going to get twenty percent off of the amount of Quat that you're going to have to pay for all of those pins, Twenty percent from now through Christmas Eve.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. Did you say twenty percent? Oh,
1: you heard me right. I was. I, <laughs> what do you got? Corn cobs in your ears, son? I said twenty percent. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> I I'm stunned. You know, Dan. I am holding, uh. A whole bunch of of fansets, pins in my hands, and I'm wishing now that I had waited for the 20% (laughs) discount. But, uh, you know, it's not just Star Trek. I mean, they've got so many great properties that they have pins for.
1: They've got – oh, just mentioned a few just a minute ago. Harry Potter, my sister, said to me tonight, I need some Harry Potter pins that you were showing me before, so I got stuff for her to get for Christmas. Uh, Alien, Firefly, uh, something called Star Trek. They just got so much, and they're always adding more and more. But, Bill, you don't know this yet. I've got something else I want to announce to everybody, including you. Really? Are you ready? I just got off the phone with our good buddy Lou from Fansets before we recorded tonight. And he has let me know if you've been, oh, first of all, if you've been listening to Discovering Trek, which I certainly hope you all have been, you know that episodepins.com is the place to go for that special episodic pin collection for season one of Star Trek Discovery. There's a special pin for every single episode, they are gorgeous. And you have to go to that site and sign up to get the whole set. Well, big announcement. Starting now, you can head over to episodepins.com and buy single pins from the series of the first eight episodes that have been out so far. I am not even kidding you. What? Yes. And here's the best part. Here's the prices. I'm going to give you the prices because, you know, we love you guys. Episode one's pin is huge. It's like almost two inches by three inches. It's it's gigantic. So the episode one pin is $20 by itself. And then the rest of the episodes for the first half of the season, episodes two through eight, are $15 uh, a piece. The price difference is because episode one's pin is so large. Now, we did see episode nine in the first half of discovery, but that pin is not going to be available until the second half of the season. So episodes one through eight, you can go to episodepins.com and order any one or all of the pins that are available for those low, low prices.
0: You know, I have these episode pins right here in front of me in my hands. I'm looking at the first nine, which includes the special season pass holder pin that subscribers got. If they subscribed, Mm -hmm. Uh, early on and i gotta tell you dan these pins are absolutely gorgeous i'm looking at the first pin for the vulcan hello the first episode of star trek discovery and it's got michael burnham in her eva suit and the klingon torchbearer and you're right this pin is gargantuan and it's heavy and it is gorgeous man
1: i have it right in front of me too buddy they are, uh, they're phenomenal. I love them all. And, and I just line them all up in a pretty little chorus line and just remember each episode as it took place for those first eight episodes. Great pins for a great series. And anybody who did not get in on the subscription can head right on over there and get these pins and you will not be disappointed. They're such great quality.
0: Do you have a favorite of these these first eight episode pins as you're looking at it?
1: You know, I got to (laughs) say, this is kind of weird. And I said this uh, when I was talking to Lou. The season pass holder pin may be my favorite. It is gorgeous. I love it. But for episodes, it's kind of hard not to love episode one. Or the Andorian Easter Bunny helmet is pretty good, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I do love the episode one pin. I also love the one for episode eight, uh Pacum Parabellum, because it looks like stained glass. Yes. It's gorgeous. So yeah, we want everyone to head on over to episodepins.com. Check out these pins. We guarantee you're gonna think they're awesome. And uh I I I can't wait for the next set, Dan. <laughs>
1: I know, it's, and, it, and it's coming soon. It's only a few weeks away before Discovery starts up, as well as Discovering Trek, and we're looking forward to all the good things that come around when that series picks up again. So, this week... We are thrilled to finally welcome somebody to the show who Bill and I have just been dying to have join us for for quite a while. You've heard him over on Geek History Lesson with his amazing co-host, Ashley Victoria Robinson, who I think you might have heard here on Trek Geeks from time to time. And uh, we're now thrilled to finally uh, also announce that their brand new comic book series, Jupiter Jet, is now available. Uh, You know, he loves Trek. He loves superhero stuff. And. We just love him for joining us today. He's Jason Inman. Jason, we're going to rock
2: this episode of See It or Skip It, man, and it's because you are here to helm it, buddy. I am excited to make this so, and thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, Although, I'm going to request as well that I come back in the future D-Space9 episode.
0: Oh, well, without a (laughs) doubt.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm staking my claim right now, so...
1: Okay, well let me do this for you now because we finally get you on the show. Bill, I'm gonna step on your executive producer toes a little bit, which I never do. Jason, never. You no. pick the season and we'll have you on for that season.
2: Season five. Okay. <laughs> season five of DS9. All right.
0: It will it will happen. All right. Woo. Well, that, was, that was easy. God. Stake, stake the claim. <laughs> well, uh, we're certain, we're sure so excited to have you here, Jason. This is going to be fun. You have the unenviable task of refereeing us tonight and keeping us on task and moving us through the season. Along the way, we certainly want to hear your thoughts on these episodes and whether or not you'd see it or skip it. But um, pretty much uh, this all rests on you. So no pressure, my man.
2: All right, great. Or does that mean that we are ready to uh, hit into warp one and start this?
0: Uh engage, my friend. All right. Episode 1 of Star
2: Trek The Next Generation Season 7 is Descent Part 2, or due to some people. Uh, The description is, Picard tries to free Data from Laura's control as the Enterprise battles the Borg ship, or some people would like to call it, the Captain Crusher show. All right, let's start in alphabetical order and go with Bill. Uh, I
0: want to say... Well, you know, this is to me a weak episode. I labeled the first part as a see it. So I guess I'm going to label this one as such too, simply so you can round it out. I mean, it's not a great lore story. It's not a great data story. Hell, it's not even a great Borg story, but still it's not time's arrow. So I think you should see this one. All right, Dan, what about you?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going to give it a see it as well. Um, It is the first episode of the last season of what many people say is the best incarnation of Star Trek. Um, And it's a wrap up of all of the different lore stories. Uh, Plus, I like the pre-Voyager wussified Borg to some extent. So I'm going to give it a see it. But like Bill said, it's not the best of the
2: conclusions of two parters. So I guess we're one for one so far. See, Dan, I agree with you. I give this a skip it because I believe that this is the start of the board no longer being a threat to Starfleet at all. Now, it is weird. A couple years down the line, we're going to get Star Trek First Contact, Mm. but they really just aren't a threat in this episode. And I feel that this is like the
0: weakest lore episode. So to me, it's a big skip it. Nice. Yeah. I was really on the fence, really on the fence because It's not a great episode, but I'm like, eh, part one, I labeled as see it. So it was begrudging, I assure you. Oh, that's all good. All right, let's move on into episode two,
2: liaisons. Worf and Troy reluctantly play hosts to two Liaren, I'm not certain if i pronouncing that right, ambassadors, while Picard crashes in a shuttle with a third. He is rescued by a human female who exhibits strange behavior. Now, Dan, is this a see-it-or-a-skip-it episode of Star Trek TNG?
1: You know, I don't think that I've ever... Um had a skip it so early in a season, I would have to go back and check, but I got to give this a skip it guys. And I've never used the saying of bills in any of my reviews, but meh it. Eh. <laughs> 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 oh.
0: All right, Bill, is this a see it or skip it for you? Oh, uh, you know what? I have one met per season and this one's not it, <laughs> but, um, this is a story i saw coming a mile away once they set it up it's it's not an episode i enjoy if i'm rewatching you know tng uh, i'll usually use this episode as video wallpaper while i'm doing something else like maybe dishes or folding laundry <laughs> <wine. laughs> so it you hadn't guessed jason mm-hmm. this one for me is a big fat skip it um simply just because i this doesn't engage me in any way for me, this one is another
2: skip it because the alien men in bad body stockings visiting the Enterprise. I don't know if it's an episode that anybody wanted. Now, the idea of this episode about the aliens experiencing, you know, different emotions of humans that they don't understand, I think is actually a great idea for an episode. I just think the execution is pretty bad and Bingo. Again, I, I know your listeners out there might be like, this guy hates Star Trek. But to be honest with you, I tried to rewatch a lot, as much of the season as I could before uh, we got to this episode, record this episode. And to be honest with you, I was surprised with how many skippets I gave to this season. So uh, cool. buckle in, everybody. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, giving a, I'm giving a spoiler alert. Like, and I love Star Trek, but wow, I could not believe how many skippets I gave. Um, you
0: know I got to say that I think we found a cosplay idea for the three of us. Oh That's the body stockings from this episode. I'm just I'm throwing it out there.
2: I am in. Wow. In. Uh, you know, another cosplay idea is the next episode that we're going to talk about interface. Jordy tries to rescue his mother's starship via a remotely controlled probe. Bill, do you like Jordy LaForge playing with his RC toys? Uh, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, put simply this is one of next gen's worst hours across all seven seasons it is terrible in every way why would they use a, a sensory input suit when they could just use the holodeck um i i, I don't get it, uh, it it's the, the tech they had better technology on board the ship than putting geordie in that stupid contraption um so this one in a huge way is a skip it I feel bad because, you know, Madge Sinclair is in this. She's amazing. LeVar Burton is always amazing. But this script is just drek. It really is. Dan, how about you?
1: Well, I'm kind of stuck here for a second, Jason. You said they you had a cosplay idea based on this episode. So while Bill was talking, I was trying to draw what my cosplay of a big steaming pile of crap would be, and I really couldn't come up with anything really good. Um,
0: It'd just be you on a normal
1: day. Wow. Okay. Oh. This, is, this is definitely a skip it for me, guys. I mean, for God's sake, Jordy, you're the chief engineer of the flagship of the Federation, and you really think that's your mother? Come on, man. I mean, it's just it's not it's not good at all. It's one that I have never been a fan of at all.
2: You know, it's interesting because this is an episode that I think starts off the theme of season seven because I noticed a common theme. And it seemed like the writers for season seven of TNG really wanted to have us meet the families Mm -hmm. of the crew. And this is the first episode that we re- we meet Jordy's mother in this episode. We also get Ben Vereen as yes. Jordy's dad, which is a nice roots callback. That's right. But That's right. even even Ben Vereen can't save this episode from being a skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, this episode, you're, you're exactly right. Jordy is so much smarter than this episode makes him out to be.
0: Yeah. And I, it's like I, Ben Vereen doesn't even
1: want to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And um, by the way, all right, um,
2: Jason, you're 0 for three so far. Amy loves you. I know. <laughs> I know, man. Woo. It's a uh, uh, TNG season seven. And I are like exes uh, right now. So and speaking of more exes, let's go to Gambit. Part one. The Enterprise crew investigate the apparent murder of Captain Picard during an archaeological trip. Riker is kidnapped by mercenaries and finds Picard working as part of his crew. Now, Dan, is this episode, the another two-parter, a see-it-or-skip-it?
1: Yes, another two-parter. And for this part one, I'm going to give this one a see-it. And the reason I do that is I like the aspect of, in this episode, you get to see some of the characters outside of their normal routine. Picard as a renegade is kind of cool, and I, I like the uh, differing opinions from the different crew of Baran's mercenary ship. I like that tug of war that's going on. And I also just love the way the Iridian says he was vaporized. So
0: I'm going to give that one a see
2: it. Bill, how about you?
0: You know, this one, it's not that great, but it's kind of fun. I mean, I don't think anyone believes, you know, in the teaser that Picard is dead. I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's the last season. Nobody's buying that. you know, you get to see a story that eh, although isn't necessarily the greatest, it's one you can sit back and enjoy. And it's at least the first half of a of an entertaining yarn, as it were. So I'm going to say see it. You know, the interesting thing about this is I I read some research about
2: this, and apparently this is an idea that had been kicking around the TNG offices for quite a while. Um, But they decided to keep saying no to it because they thought it was too swashbucklery. For TNG. And every time they talked about this in Rick Berman's office, he would cover the picture of Gene Roddenberry because they thought it was too far from being Star Trek. But with that being said, this is my first see it of season seven. Nice. Um, there is enough fun stuff in here, and it is interesting to see Riker and Picard play off each other as playing as other people. So for me, this is the first see it of season seven. Nice. I like it. Congratulations, by the
0: way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Great job. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right, let's move into part two of this Gambit part two. Picard and Riker help mercenaries collect archaeological artifacts to prevent an ancient Vulcan weapon from falling into the
0: wrong hands. Now, Bill, is this a see it or skip it? I'm going to call this one a see it, Jason. I, you know, I like the last two acts of this story. And ultimately, I think it's not that bad overall. I mean, yes, it's got plenty of plot holes, but I still enjoy it. And plus, it's really nice to see Robin Curtis again. Plus, I do like to say psionic resonator. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, this one's a see it. Dan, how about you? Well, uh, this is a historical moment,
1: gentlemen, because this is the only time during any of the runs of Cedar Skip It that we have done where I have had a different vote when comparing it to part one of a two-part uh, two episodes. I'm giving this one a skip it. Um, the conclusion falls flat for me. It's kind of boring, and I'm just not a big fan of the whole Vulcan weapon ending. Even the guy who plays Baran, who unfortunately I can't remember his his name in real life. He's a great character actor. I love him and a lot of stuff that I've seen him in. He couldn't save this one for me, so I had to give it a skip it.
2: I have to agree with that. I also give part two a skip it because the reveal that this is some weird Vulcan psionic weapon, I thought was kind of a lackluster reveal and it kind of went away from all the amazing stuff they set up in part one I think the best thing about this part two episode is captain data I think him being in charge of the enterprise is so interesting but still not enough to save the second half of this two-parter
0: bill can you wow. remind me what the name of that weapon was please uh sure just one by uh, let me look at my notes here okay uh psionic resonator <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, let's go to what is not a a Ben Affleck movie, but an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation Phantasms. Uh, Data experiences strange dreams while the Enterprise has issues with this renewed warp core. Dan, is this a see it or skip it? Well, I'm just going to say it's an episode where
1: Data is dealing with dreams. And that should pretty much answer the question for you, Jason. Yeah, it's a skip it. We know that it's an established fact that data dreaming episodes are not usually very good. Uh, so, yeah, a big old goose egg for me on this one.
0: Bill, how about you? Well, first off, I want to say thank the great bird of the galaxy that this is not a Ben Affleck movie, because it's probably the only thing I would hate <laughs> more than this steaming pile. Um, I'm not an Affleck fan, as you might have guessed. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um <laughs> This one for me, it, I hate data dreaming episodes. Um, there's not a single one of them I enjoy because I think they're just, they're they're over constructed and they're overwrought and really they, 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 they distract from, I think what could be better stories. So for me personally, this one's a skip it. And now all I can think of is Ben Affleck. So thank you, Jason.
2: <laughs> you are welcome for that. And you're also going to have me disagree with you. I think this is a see it. Now, I readily admit that this is a dumb episode. But if you go to Twitter and you search Star Trek data, Star Trek Picard or Star Trek Troy, you're going to see a whole bunch of gifts from this episode. This is the data with the phone in his stomach episode. This is Counselor Troy as a cake. Yes. Um, there are so many memes that have been made from this episode that just on that fact alone that I think this is a see it. That way you understand Internet culture better. Oh, kills them.
1: Kills <laughs> them all.
0: I, uh, I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> so let me get this straight, All right. Jason, before we continue. Yep. You're giving this a see it based on the fact that it helps with memes on the
2: internet, right? That is correct. So you understand them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have to see it at least once so you know what the hell that phone inside a data stomach is about.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I play affleck still. I'm just I'm still there. Yep. <laughs> Well,
2: something that has nothing to do with Affleck. Let's go to the episode Dark Page, a psychic breakdown puts Lexwana Troy in a coma and Deanna works to save her life. Bill,
0: is this a see it or skip it? For me, this one is a skip it. And I know there are a lot of people who like this episode a great deal. I I guess I understand on some level, but I think it's painfully slow. This would have been nice texture to give Loxana earlier in the series, but it's empty. It really is, and I don't feel invested in the slightest. Honestly, we get a better Loxana troy treatment in Deep Space Nine when she's stuck in the turbo lift with Odo. I think it provides much better texture around Loaxana and who she is as a person. So this episode... um, I, Skip it and the song that goes on too long between Troy and her dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, is this a see it or skip it for you?
1: Well, it is. It is a skip it. I think I rated it as one of my bottom ten TNG episodes when we had that uh, uh, Trek Geeks uh, episode a while back. You know, it, it would have been. It's, it's nice. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Here, we're starting to meet family members uh, of the crew, and we're finally meeting. Deanna who Deanna's sister who by the way is dead Um, you know this to me and I hate to say this because it's it just seems sacrilegious with Star Trek this was Majel's poorest performance for me as Waxana Troy even though she was emotional in this episode it was emotionless to me in the way that it was brought about so it's very difficult for me to watch this episode for a myriad of reasons and that it's 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 um it's just a poor story we're seeing things that it's like okay this has never been talked about before and then for me Majel's performance just really it it kind of hurt to watch this episode with her
2: i agree and i also give this a skip it as well i'm not a big luxuana fan I do like the attempt to deepen Troy's history a little bit, but I don't think they stick the landing and correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time that we've seen Deanna's father? Yes,
0: it is. Yep.
2: Yeah. So um, for doing, for taking those chances, this episode could have been really good, but you're exactly right. That episode where Luxana and Odo are stuck in the, uh, the turbo lift. Are, it has a way better character examination of Luxana than what they try to pull off in this episode. And this sh- should have been great because it's with her own daughter, right? Not a stranger. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very interesting. All right, let's go to the next episode. Attached, reclusive aliens imprison Picard and Doctor Crusher on charges of espionage. Experimental implants linking their minds telepathically cause them to face their latent feelings for each other. All right, Dan, is this a see it or skip it? You know, it's great
1: to finally have a see it after so many skip it episodes. I like this episode. I think it's a great episode to show the closeness that Picard and Crusher share. Um, And for me, both Patrick and Gates just just really kill this episode in such a great way. They do a great job playing off each other. And it's another great layer of the relationship between the two characters that continues to
0: grow for the remainder of the season and beyond bill how about you you know i have to agree with dan Uh, although i think the aliens in this this story are completely unbelievable and over the top this episode is really just wonderful for both gates and for patrick there's so much here for those characters to work through and it's just beautiful it's uh, it's some of their best scenes together, in my opinion. So this is a definite see it for me.
2: I agree. I think this might be the first one we agree on. I think this is a see it as well, because this is sort of beyond the finale, the last episode that we get to acknowledge Cricard, as I call their shipper name. Um, and it also finally gives us a chance to further evolve the relationship that you can tell Gene Roddenberry in season one really wanted to do. You could tell that in season one of TNG, they really wanted to put put Picard and Crusher together and build that relationship. But I think maybe Michael Piller coming in as showrunner and some of the other people like torpedoed that. So it's nice because it has always been a base underline to the entire series. And I think that this series and the finale combined or this episode and the finale combined kind of give us a nice conclusion on that relationship.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more.
2: All right, let's move on to Force of Nature. A pair of scientists show that warp drives are harming the fabric
0: of space. Bill, is this a see it or a skip it? Yeah, I went back and forth on this one for a while, and I think that ultimately I came down on the side of see it by just a hair. I do like this episode because it brings up the possibility of a technology that that we've taken for granted harming the very fabric of space. And I think it's great that Star Trek can still manage to do an environmental episode in that universe and make it somewhat believable or, or usable. Forget the fact that they forget about this warp speed limit a handful of episodes later and never talk about it again. But ultimately ultimately for me I dig this episode.
2: All right, let's go with uh uh <laughs> let's go with Dan. Excuse me. It's funny but you his name you talked about how Star
1: Trek, you know, took a a topic of the time for environment episode and and made it into a Star Trek uh theme and I like that, but for me this is a skip it episode. I just think that the story that, you know, speeds higher than warp five are all of a sudden causing issues with the fabric of space. I just think that's a stupid plot line for me. They should have just called the episode force of bill, if that's what they were going to do. So I, it's a skip it for me.
2: <laughs> I agree um, with you, bill. Um, this was a tough one to put down. And I actually, this is one of the ones that I made sure I rewatched because I remember having fond feelings of this episode, liking it, but on the rewatch, I kind of think it's purposeless, and I think the reason why it's purposeless is because none of the other series enforce this rule, and Voyager does the thing, of course, where the nacelles go up, and that's how they get around it, but basically after this episode, except for a couple more times, this whole speed limit is forgotten. Yep. And so this episode is basically meaningless, and that to me is why it is a skip it. You know what I find interesting, guys, and you you
1: you touched on a little bit, Jason, is a couple of episodes later, some admiral in an episode goes, oh, and you're authorized to go faster than the imposed warp five speed limit. It's like, oh, OK, even though that we know that the fabric of space is being destroyed and people are dying, it's OK. It just is lame to me.
2: Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, you get the point of what they were going for. But again, it's like, well, I don't know if you should have picked the warp drive to do it. Maybe the idea should have been based around the transporter mm-hmm. yeah. or something like that. You know, like if you would have forced these Starfleet ships to be like, you got to go back to using shuttles.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would have been know. interesting.
2: Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, and there's plenty of ways that we could rewrite an episode that aired 30 years ago. But let's move on into Inheritance. Data encounters a woman claiming to be his mother. Now, Dan, is this a see it or a skip it?
1: You know, uh, a lot of the episodes that focus in on data are usually done very well. There are a couple out there that aren't great, especially when he's dreaming. But for this one, I liked it. I gave this one a see it. I actually, instead of like it, I love this episode. I really do. Um, it's a great dilemma for Data at the end as to whether um, she should be told that she's an android or just allow her to live out the rest of her life enjoying being, quote, human. So I like it. I gave it a see it.
0: Bill, how about you? Yeah, there's usually one episode a season where people are stunned that I give it the rating I do. And this one could be it for me. I really don't enjoy this episode, and I don't believe at all the dilemma the data is faced with in the slightest. It seems thoroughly unbelievable to me. And honestly, it seems like they were just trying to find another episode to jam a new family member into. So for me, this one is a skip it. Um, Dan, I get why you like it, but I just it doesn't work for me at all.
1: You know, what's funny is I never even thought of the fact that we're we're getting another family member. That's funny.
2: I never thought of that. Yeah. See, it's con- it's continuing the theme yeah. of family, which seems to be season seven. Uh, for me, this is a see it. I like most of the learn more history about data episodes that they do. I really liked it when uh, Noonie and Soon came back a couple seasons ago. Um, I like this episode. I even like the episode where it's the woman whose son was on the colony with the crystalline entity. I thought that was a great episode. So this one fits in even more, and it kind of makes Noonian soon a little bit creepier that he built a robot about his wife. But I can let that pass because I do think it's a solid episode, and I would say see it.
0: Nice. Well, that's fair. I, you know, every now and then. I get one wrong according to vox populi, and I get it. So, um, you know, it's just uh, we all have your our opinion t- is your opinion is never wrong. Don't don't worry about the rest of the people.
2: <laughs> it's damn. All right, let's wow. go. Yeah, <laughs> let's go to episode eleven. Parallels. War finds himself randomly shifting between alternate realities. Bill, are you going to alternate towards a see it or a skip it for this one?
0: You know, I have a great story about this episode. Yeah, the weekend it premiered, I was driving across country with my father in a van, moving back from Denver, Colorado, back to New Hampshire. And we stopped at a motel one night, and this was on. And he watched it for about 10 minutes, and the only thing he said about it was, the hell is this crap? <laughs> Personally, I thought it was a great episode, and I love the various alternate timelines we see warfin in. I think this episode is a lot of fun. So uh, for me, it's a definite see it. If not for the reason that my dad thought it was terrible,
1: <laughs> Dan, how about you? Well, this is one of my favorite episodes. Uh, Disheveled Riker looks like Bill on his best day. So the I just think it's great, and the idea of two hundred and eighty five thousand enterprises all in one area is really cool. Even though that would fill up a great deal more of space than we see, and and also. This starts the whole Worf-Troy romance thread, which although isn't great, it does have some funny and touching moments later on in the series. This is a definite see it for me.
2: I agree. This is a definite seri- a see it as well. I think that this is one of the episodes of the entire series that I actually tend to come back to. And it's interesting because it does something that a lot of Star Trek episodes don't do in the idea that Star Trek beyond the mirror universe doesn't really touch on parallel realities or the multiverse. And this episode dives deep, deep, deep into. I mean, even even the scene where he Worf is eating his birthday cake and it was chocolate and then he starts eating it and suddenly it's a different flavor. Like even those little touches, I think, make this a really good episode. And Worf was the most interesting choice to lead this story. So it's a definite see it.
0: I agree, hands down. I think that this episode doesn't really work as well with any other character, honestly.
2: All right, let's move to episode 12, or as some other people would call it, the Enterprise finale, the Pegasus. (laughs) Riker's former captain boards the Enterprise to retrieve the USS Pegasus. Picard investigates the circumstances of its loss and finds that there has been a cover-up. Card also turns on his monitor to see that Riker is spending so much time in the holodeck watching an old – oh, I'm sorry. That's the wrong finale. Uh, Dan, is this a see it or skip it? Very good. I was actually going to touch upon that, but now I don't have to. Um, this, uh, oh, my God.
1: This is a see it in every way, shape, or form. This is simply one of the best episodes of Next Generation. Uh, the story is amazing. The acting is just Uh, unbelievable it's a fantastic riker story that frakes just nails and what else needs to be said about terry o'quinn it is just so great i love this episode definitely you see it
0: bill how about you i i agree entirely this episode is essential next gen to say the least it's one of my favorite episodes hands down And honestly, it's one of Frake's best turns as Riker, because he actually gets something to do and chew on here other than just walk around corners with one shoulder in the air. So uh, definitely (laughs) this episode is is awesome.
2: Uh, I agree with both of you. This is a definite see it. Not only are you are you correct? This is one of. Um, Jonathan Frank's best episodes is Riker. Terry Quinn is an amazing uh, guest actor in this, but it also expands the history of Starfleet and the world of Starfleet. That the fact that Starfleet has been developing a cloak, which up to this point in TNG, TNG Starfleet has been pretty, you know, by the books. We do the rules. You know, there's no shady business. And this kind of introduces us to an idea that I think DS9 goes even further into that. There are a lot of shady people in the Federation, and we don't know the half of it. So definite see it. Awesome. Uh, Without a doubt. Hey, Jason, before we get on to
1: the next thing, I just want to let you know is is what we talked about in season seven at the very beginning of this and how like, you know, uh, some things may not go that well. You've had five see its in a row, my friend.
2: Five see it five see, see in, that, a row. in a row on that out there oh i I thought I'd give a skip it to force of nature uh
1: force of nature uh you gave that a see it
2: yeah you gave that a
0: see it my yeah. friend I was pretty certain I said skip it uh, all right maybe I'm wrong <laughs> uh, we'll go I'm, back get, I'm rewind the audio tape at some point <laughs> uh, I don't care at
2: this point uh but <laughs> but let's just move on uh let's go to episode 13 homeward. Worf's human foster brother violates the prime directive to save a
0: doomed primitive race. All right, Bill, is this a see it or a skip it? You know, this is not your standard holodeck gone wrong episode. And I think it tells a good enough story. I like that. We get a different dimension to Worf. Ah, uh, see what I did there. Uh, and what, nah. wait, he's got a brother. Hey, we have never had a surprise family member in star Trek ever. <laughs> Come on. This one's a see it for me, gents. Uh, let's go to Dan.
1: All right. Well, this is a see it for me. And this was the one episode per season that I was originally going to have as a skip it. And I was going to do that because I simply didn't remember it very much. And then I listened to our good friends over at Mission Log, uh, Champion in the Computer, and I rewatched it. And I loved it. Uh, Sorvino does a great job in this role and it shows how different the importance of the prime directive can be between different people and not to sound hypocritical, just like Bill touched on. I did, uh, excuse me. I don't like the fact that we find out in the middle of season seven, that warp has, warp has a step brother, another one of these family members. They did this way too much in this season. Um, but even with that being said, I loved the story.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. This is another of our episodes where we're introducing another element of family. Like, again, uh, for me, this is a see it as well. Um, I like Paul Sorvino. He's really good. And this is, I think, the first episode in TNG history where Michael Doran is not wearing the uh, wharf makeup. So this is an episode that is built around, for me, something that shouldn't work. But for some reason, it really pulls
0: it off. Quick trivia for you. Um Wharf's stepbrother, also raised by Sarek, little known fact.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Interesting. Does he also know Vulcan Kung Fu? <laughs> uh he must. He got okay. to, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh episode 14, Sub Rosa, Dr. Crusher, attends her grandmother's funeral and takes on an unusual family tradition. Unusual, such an interesting descriptor of this episode. Let's start with Dan. Ugh. Uh yeah. Ghosts, candles,
1: (laughs) horrible sets. You know, it it just amazes me that Jerry Taylor wrote this. Brandon Braga did the teleplay and Jonathan Frakes directed it because this episode sucks. It is easily one of the bottom episodes of TNG, if not all of Trek for me. I know uh, somebody out there, it's their favorite. And I totally respect that opinion. For me, this is just drivel. It's awful. Skip it.
0: All right, let's go with Bill. It's a shame you have no strong feelings there, Dan. <laughs> um, I, uh, with apologies to Robert Reyes, this episode is an embarrassment on all fronts. And that's really completely surprising considering all the talent that Dan just read off there. Plus, the story is really disturbing. I mean, let's face it. Beverly and all of the women in her family were sexually assaulted by Space Ghost. Ew. That's what this episode comes down to. And the colony is purposely designed like 19th century Europe or whatever. No, no. This is one of the worst hours of Star Trek ever produced. And other than that, I have no strong feelings on the matter. Jason,
2: uh, I agree with everything you say. This is a definite skip it. Um, I, I was ready to call this as the worst episode of TNG ever, but I think there's an episode that's upcoming that might steal the title away from this episode. Oh, um, but this is an episode where Zombie Grandma Crusher shows up. <laughs> I can't. This is this is Spock's brain bat. Oh, dude, this is dude a, you just sp- hit a nerve. <laughs> this is such a skip it. This is such a skip it.
0: <laughs> I love Spock's brain. All right. I know. I oh. love Fox brain, too. It's, uh, You're both crazy. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not, uh, and the children shall lead. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, let's move on into episode 15.
2: Lower Decks, junior officers buck for promotion as one of them is assigned the dangerous task of helping a Cardassian spy. Bill, do you want to see or skip the Lower Decks?
0: Oh, I want to see the hell out of this one. I love this episode because it's different and we get to see our bridge crew from a completely different perspective. It's a decent story and I like that Sito gets some redemption here after the whole Starfleet Academy incident. I, uh, it's fun for me. I remember when I watched this, you know, the first time it premiered and I was like, "Oh, that was really cool. They should do that more." But uh, yeah, I love this episode. It's a see it. All right, let's go with Dan. Yes, uh, I agree
1: with what Bill said. This is definitely a see it for me. But what's funny is at one time, I would not have given this a see it. It has grown on me and I've grown to love it. Uh, For me now, as I look at it, it's a great way to show that there are more than just seven people on this starship that we see week in and week out. They all deal with the same concerns and stress and everyday life that all the senior officers deal with. And like Bill said... I loved seeing Cito Jaxa again, and from what I understand, she was originally going to be a character on Deep Space Nine, and I would have loved to see that happen. It's unfortunate that she uh, met her end in this episode, but it is a great episode.
2: Definitely, a see it. I agree. This is definitely a see it episode. It is one of the episodes that Star Trek doesn't do that often where it shows you Starfleet as a real organization because there's about a thousand people on the Enterprise D and, you know, we don't get to see most of them. And I thought it was interesting point of view that all the senior officers go into the observation lounge and we have our two main characters sitting there being like, what do you think they're talking about? Um, Which would happen all the time. And I remember uh, the Bajoran woman you're talking about. She was they were thinking about bringing her back to D Space Nine, but they thought that if they did that, it would lessen the impact of this episode, which I think was the stronger choice to make. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is definitely a see it.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I I love everything about this episode. I wish that they had done this more from the beginning of the series, honestly.
2: Yes, you know, it actually, it would have been an interesting character arc to, like, meet some of these characters in season one and see how they grow over seven years, like who gets promoted, who just leaves, stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go to episode 16, Thine Own Self. Data loses his memory after retrieving radioactive fragments on a planet's surface and endangers the humanoid settlement he encounters while Deanna studies to become a bridge officer. Dan... Is this a see it or skip it?
1: Well, this is a definite see it for me. In my opinion, this is one of the best data episodes of the entire series. Uh, It's another great job by Brent Spiner. And I think it's just absolutely hilarious to listen to the village doctor explain things from her perspective about sickness and nature and how things are, are created. It's just amazing to see how. Uh, civilizations have these differing opinions when they're less technologically advanced. And I just think the episode is brilliant. It's a definite see it for me. Bill, how about you?
0: You know, leave it to Star Trek to take an amnesia episode, which was a, a trope all throughout 70s television and elevate it to a level that makes it really interesting. I think this is one of the best episodes of the season uh, plus Deanna gets a promotion. That's pretty cool. How often do you see a female character on Star Trek have that happen? So this one for me is a definite see it. I uh, I love this episode.
2: I agree. I'm going to give this a see it as well, simply for the fact I'm not a big fan of the data goes down to a planet and sort of has to deal with the planet people, which to me seems like we get one of those episodes every season of TNG. But The idea of seeing the commander's test or the commander's qualifications that you have to go through is very interesting. And again, another little aspect of Star Trek that we haven't seen before. And that's what pushes it to us see it.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really the B story was really strong in this episode. And that's that's really kind of a a change from the rest of season seven. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's go to episode 17
2: masks the Enterprise finds an ancient library that recreates its civilization by taking possession of data and transforming the ship. Bill, are you going to give us a see it or a skip it?
0: Well, gentlemen, the time has arrived. (laughs) We're ready for (laughs) an event that occurs once a see it or skip it episode, and here it is. Meh. This episode for me is putrid. It's a total skip it. The only thing that that might make this episode a little a little higher on the in the bottom of the bucket is that it's not Aquiel. I would skip this episode <laughs> every single
2: time. Dan, how about you? Well, I didn't give it a meh
1: because it doesn't deserve it to be quite honest. It is a skip it. I uh, you know what? I'm going to be blunt. I hate this episode. It's amazing that the previous episode is probably uh, one of brent's finest performances of data for me this one is his worst performance i can't stand all the different voices it's so annoying to me with the the marks that show up on his forehead. i just can't stand it and along with sub rosa and aquiel i can probably say that i will never watch this episode again and that is not a bad thing
2: i agree this is a huge Skip it. And this is the episode that could possibly quite tie Sobrosa as one of the worst episodes of TNG of all time. You can find interviews online of Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart talking about how even they agree how terrible this episode is and how they were barely able to hold it together while filming this. Because they thought it was so stupid. So take after Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner and never watch this episode. Done. Uh, The more you know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go to Eye of the Beholder. Deanna investigates the suicide of a crewman and uncovers a murder that took place during the construction of the Enterprise. Dan, is this a see it or a skip it for you? Okay. Okay. (laughs)
1: it's a skip it (laughs) It's like like big time for me it's amazing that there can be two episodes in succession that are just so bad this episode is just bad and the reason it's bad is it the episode pisses me off because most of the episode didn't even happen it was in deanna's mind it's the whole jr crap who shot jr back in the 80s and uh, i just It's pathetic.
0: Bill? (laughs) He's taking over your job now, too. (laughs) It's all good. He just wants to move along. Hey, I'm fine with moving along on this episode, too. Bill? Yeah, let's let's move along. I hated this episode from the moment I saw it. It's uninteresting. And there are so many better ways to have a murder mystery in Star Trek. And the conclusion here is just terrible. This is 48 minutes of your life. You're not going to get back. So... If you had not guessed, this one is definitely a skip it for me. I agree. This is
2: totally a skip it. And yeah, I mean, it, it's so interesting because literally two episodes ago, we had a great Deanna episode and two episodes later, we just sink Deanna like she just became a bridge crew member. And now she gets one of the worst episodes that she's ever had. And I just find that shocking.
0: I Yeah, there's nothing about this episode that's redeeming. I feel bad for everybody that had to be in it.
2: (laughs) Well, let's move on into Genesis. A routine medical treatment inadvertently creates a virus that begins to de-evolve the Enterprise crew while Picard and Data are on an away mission. Bill, are you going to see or skip this episode?
0: You know, I'm I'm actually going to see this one. I I really kind of love Genesis because I think it's scary and it's kind of fun to see how the crew devolves and what they become. I I really wish this one had come out on Halloween during the season because I think it would have been great. And um, aside from the fact that this is all caused by Doctor Crusher, um, <laughs> which seems like a level of incompetence that's really beneath her, I still enjoy the episode. So for this one, for me, as I see it. Dan, how about you?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of people think this is one of the worst episodes of, of TNG. Uh, I am not one of those people. This is a see it for me. This is a really fun episode in my mind. I love the darkness and the horror aspect to it. Although Deanna's turning into an amphibian is kind of a poor... Uh, De evolution. And although the science is absolutely impossible in this episode, it's just so far fetched. I enjoy it. Spider Barkley is cool. Cro Magnon Bill is, co- I'm sorry, wait a minute. Cro Magnon Riker is cool. Um, they just, they, I'm sorry, they look the same to me. But whatever the hell Wharf becomes, co- becomes is cool. It's just fun. It's something that you don't expect in TNG. And it's a see it for me. And I'm sure a lot of people are sitting there going, What? Both of you give it a see it?
2: Well, I'm going to break that trend because it's a skip it for me. (laughs) Um, Again, this is one of those episodes where even though it has some amazing gifts in here, where Picard putting the smile in the cloud, um, Caveman Riker, Spider Barkley, and Deanna Amphibian Aquagirl Troy uh, just are really ridiculous to me. And what you mentioned earlier about the science (laughs) really, really pushes me quite out of this episode i i think there is an interesting nugget of an episode in here but i don't think they pulled it off
0: i think that's fair i think i i think i like that it's something that i can sit back and just watch mindlessly among all of the other dreck that seems to be on either side of this episode maybe i think that's why i have it i I enjoy it so much
2: all right let's move to episode 20 we are in the home stretch gentlemen journey's end Wesley considers his future as the Enterprise's order to remove Native Americans from a planet that is about to fall under Cardassian jurisdiction. Dan, is this a see-it or a skip-it for you? Well, this one is a see-it
1: for me, but on the the lowest of see-its, it just barely made it on my list of see-its. And I think the reason I gave it a see-it is because of my love for Deep Space Nine and the whole Maquis aspect of that series. Um, I think it's a see-it. If you're going to continue along with DS9s, just so that you can have a better understanding of things. But I mean, it was just barely a see it. There are better Maki episodes in TNG, but this one I gave a see it just for that aspect.
0: Bill, how about you? You know, this episode is Wesley. Yeah, okay. It's got the traveler who I can't stand. Meh. The only thing that can make me hate this episode more would be a cameo by Doctor Pulaski. So, oh
2: wow! Yeah, I'm
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely not a Pulaski person either. Uh. Uh, this one for me is is a definite skip. It. I, 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 we could have done Rebelling Wesley several seasons ago, and I, I think we did. So, <laughs> uh,
2: I, I agree. For me, this is a skip. It. And I think the reason why this is a skip it is because remember um, earlier I mentioned that the reason why I like that Picard Crusher episode is because it fulfills the promise that season one set. And Wesley, to me, this episode seems like the writers were sitting around the writing room and the writers room and we're like, oh, crap, we have six more episodes to go. And we and Wesley's not going to be in the finale. What do we do? And this was their best attempt, because to me, when you consider that this is the ending to Wesley, almost in the entirety of Star Trek, yes, he shows back up a nemesis and sort of says that he's back. But I don't really count that since it's sort of a deleted scene. But I don't know. For me, this is a completely unfulfilling ending to Wesley. And that's the reason why I knock it. Hey, uh, Bill,
1: um, you may not be a Dr. Pulaski fan, but Riker's dad is. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Ah! Oh, that's right. <laughs> Riker's dad, Pulaski. I forgot. Yeah,
2: the less of Riker's dad we talk about, the better off we'll be. Uh, so let's move on into firstborn. Yeah, uh, Worf. Oh, go ahead. Uh, firstborn. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Worf attempts to convince his son Alexander to embrace his warrior heritage.
0: Bill, do you like this Alexander episode? See it or skip it? <sighs> well. You know, I'm, I'm going to say see it, and it's a qualified see it. Uh, let's be honest. Worf is the worst father in the world, okay? <laughs> There's nothing really great about this aspect of this episode, but I really do love me some James Sloyan. He's one of the best guest stars in Trek history, and for me personally, this episode is worth it for him alone. The story is crap, let's be honest. But Sloyan just has such presence, Whenever he's in Star Trek. So whether it's Dr. Mora or the Romulan defector, or in this case, Alexander from the future, I have to watch it. So I'm going to call this one a see it.
1: Dan, how about you? That's interesting, Bill. I gave this a ski, it, a, a ski. It. Okay. I gave this a skip yeah. it. Um, and, and what I put from my notes is even Sloyan couldn't save this episode for me. And that says a lot because I love Everything that he does in Star Trek, but and and I loved him in this, but it just couldn't save it for me. It's another horrible Worf raising his son episode, no matter how you slice it. And I think at this point in season seven and in TNG, we know that those episodes just don't work. So I gave this one a skip it.
2: I agree. Worf is the worst father in Star Trek. And that's saying something because we've seen some bad fathers in Star Trek. Um, I also want to bring up this. The reason this is a skip it for me is are there any good Alexander episodes? I, I like the idea of Alexander, but I don't besides maybe the wedding of Worf, uh, is there a good
1: alexander episode? i would have to say one but it's not really an alexander episode i love fistful of datas and that's got alexander i love that one in too. it but it's not an alexander episode so
2: all right so there's maybe one but this is uh this is a definite skip it for me um i do think it's interesting that actor you told me about that plays the older alexander i didn't realize that's that that was dr moira i didn't realize that was him yeah yeah he's, he's awesome i love james sloyan All right, let's move on into Bloodlines, not the DC Comics storyline, the TNG episode. Damon Bach returns to exact revenge on Picard by trying to kill the son Picard never knew he had. Dan, does it see it or skip it? You know, unless it's on
1: Deep Space Nine or unless it's Acquisition on Enterprise, any stories with the Ferengi? usually aren't that good and this is no different this is a skip it for me while i like the idea of damon bach returning who we saw in season one um for me the fact that it wasn't the same actor really got under my skin and the whole picard has a son thing was almost as obvious as it not being geordie's mother in interface it just picard's not that stupid um, and in this episode, he kind of seemed to be, even though they quote unquote, proved that the DNA was the same. It's just it's now nah, come on. It's kind of a weak, a week, uh, a weak leap of faith here. So it's a skip it for me.
0: Bill, is this a see it or skip it for you? Uh, I'm skipping this one hands down. You know, the thing that annoys me the most about this episode is that they put it in TNG's final season. This seems like a season two episode to me at best we're four episodes away from the very end of this series and we get this. Uh, It's just, it frustrates me. This is absolutely a C, sorry, a skip it for me in every way. This is as well as skip it for
2: me for the simple reason of, did we ever need to see Damon Bach again? No. I mean, honestly, and I looked up some information about this episode and apparently this episode happened because the writers went to Patrick Stewart a couple episodes ago and was like, is there any thing that you want to do before we end the series? Wow. And Patrick Stewart apparently was the one that was like, you know what? We never resolve Damon Bach from season one. So you can blame Patrick Stewart for this really bad episode oh, of Star Trek TNG.
0: I thought it had been resolved. I didn't miss it. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody was like, hmm, that Damon Bach storyline. <laughs> yeah, nail biter.
2: All right, let's go to Emergence. The Enterprise becomes an Emergence Intelligence. It is discovered that the ship is creating a new life form via the holodeck
0: characters. Bill, is this train episode a see it or skip it for you? I want to jump off this train in the worst way. <laughs> um, I'm going to use this word yet again for this episode because it deserves it. And here it comes. Meh. Oof. This is almost as bad as the Data Dreaming episodes. And this is another one that annoys me, quite frankly, because there is so little TNG left at this point. Um, this episode seems like pillar filler. and And that's really all I can say about it. <laughs> That's good. Pillar filler. I like that. Dan, is this a see it or skip it well, for you?
1: Well, all I got to say is all aboard the stupid episode train. Uh, this is a pointless waste of an hour to me. Uh, and like Bill just said, there's there's only a couple episodes left. And you're going to give us this when you're wrapping up such an amazing series. This was awful. It was pointless. It had no, no re- repercussions down the line. It just was a complete waste of time. So it is a definite skip it for me.
2: I agree. This is a 100% skip it. And I had the same thought as well. Yeah, we're two episodes from a finale. And our opening scene is just another, hey, data is going to perform a soliloquy for Captain Picard. Yeah, And in my head, I'm like, guys, you literally have only three hours left three hours don't do this. And it's an interesting idea, but again, they decide you can tell that they're saving their budget for the finale because they shoot on the Paramount city lot. And then every other scene is either on the enterprise or the train. Yeah. And so it's almost a bottle episode. So definite, definite skip it for me.
0: I, um, I, I only wish that, that they had, had reworked the hell out of this episode because I don't think anything about it works, honestly.
2: Exactly. All right, let's go to preemptive strike. Lieutenant Rowe graduates from advanced tactical training and is sent by Picard to lure Maquis terrorists into a trap. Dan, well, are you going to see it or skip it? Hmm. Uh, you know, it's,
1: you know what I said a few minutes ago about, you know, wanting to watch Maquis episodes because it's going to help with DS9. Yeah, throw that all out the window right now because I gave this a skip it. Uh, I, I've said before in past episodes that I'm not a fan of Roe and I don't blame Michelle Forbes for that because I love her. She's fantastic in True Blood. She's fantastic in Orphan Black. I blame how Roe was written on TNG. And I can only imagine how different Deep Space Nine would have been if Roe was the Bajoran First Officer instead of Kira naris played by Nana. And this last second-to-last episode, which focuses on a character that I really don't like very much, really put a sour taste in my mouth. So it's a skip it. Bill, how about you?
0: Yeah, Dan, I have to agree with you on a a few levels here. I I never really liked the Roe character, and I felt like they tried to shoehorn her in without even really committing to the character. And I think that's the ultimate disgrace here. I think if they'd made her a series regular and developed her, I could have been on board with this. But this episode is largely boring. The Bajoran background is nice, but at this point, Deep Space Nine is already on the air, so it's largely unnecessary. Mm -hmm. So for me, this episode is a skip it. Um, I just I don't feel invested in this episode at all. And I don't feel like Picard is either, quite honestly.
2: I agree. Um, This episode kind of comes off as just basic setup for Voyager. And that's kind of sad when I, I do like Ro, but I am really glad that she did not uh, progress to Deep Space Nine because, yeah, Nanav Visitor's performance as Kira, I think, is outstanding and is one of the things that makes that series so good. And again, it's one of these things where this is the episode right before the finale. This is our last regular episode, and it's a skip it. And I think that's sad.
0: Yeah, it... This, yeah, this is the penultimate episode and this is where we are. Um, yeah.
2: All right. Well, let's go to the final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. All good things. Picard finds himself being transported between three time periods thanks to Q with a space-time distortion that threatens to destroy reality growing larger in the past and smaller in the future. Okay. Bill. Final episode of TNG.
0: See it or skip it. I'm going to have to say see it in a big way. You know, this is a fantastic finale. Hands down. I think the idea to bookend the series was fantastic. Uh, Spoiler alert. I think I know what Dan's going to say, and I don't think it's as perfect or as awesome a finale as Dan does. I'm sure, but I'm. I'm glad that TNG got to do something that the original series never had the chance to do and finish the series out. Patrick Stewart is a tour de force in this episode. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. For me, this is a definite see it. Dan, see it or skip it.
1: Well, as Bill alluded to, I am going to give this one a see it. Um for me quite possibly this is the best series ending episode in television history and i hold it miles above what many consider to be the best finale of mash um this for me this episode is perfectly acted it's perfectly executed uh the only thing that i take issue with this in in this episode um is something that I'm not going to actually talk about right now. You're going to have to tune into next week's episode when we talk about all good things in detail. Um, And although, although DS9 is my favorite series, and at the end of DS9's finale, it makes me cry every single time I see it, this is the best of Trek finales, and it's a great bookend to encounter at Farpoint.
2: I agree with both of you. This is the definite see it. I think it is an amazing finale. Um, Sometimes I'll just pop this episode on because I think it is uh, such a great sort of TNG movie. In some ways, I almost feel that All Good Things is kind of what Star Trek generation should have been instead of what we got. Um, And it's interesting because I have used this episode before to get people into TNG. And it is a hook line and sinkered all of them. Um, This was a great finale. I agree with you. I think the DS9 finale is more emotional, but I think this is the better finale, and I agree with uh, you guys. I think this is one of the uh, or Dan especially. I think this is one of the best series finales of all time. I really think they knock it out of the park because it does the job of being an episode of TNG, yet really uh, really, really creating a solid ending for this show so there you go those are all
0: of these see it or skip it's Woo-hoo. of tng wow. season seven jason you conducted us through that like a pro it's almost like you've hosted a podcast or a, a youtube show or something <laughs> like that um i'm pushing it i'm pushing us through man i'm pushing that train <laughs> <laughs> you really are let's talk percentages for a second dan what were your percentages for season seven
1: well, just to let everybody know how we did the percentages, we, I actually did the percentage on this based on twenty-six episodes, even though All Good Things is one episode originally. They do break it down into two parts nowadays. So I took that as two episodes. So out of the twenty-six episodes, I had a Measly twelve as see it's for a unimpressive. Forty-six point one five percent see it, and that is the lowest by far, I think, that I've ever had with TNG.
0: I think it is. Before I give my percentage, Jason, would you like to hear yours? Uh, yes, I would love to hear it. I was just about to ask you, gentlemen, because I was like, I didn't, I didn't do the math. Oh, <laughs> we handle all the math on this program, which is oh, amazing because neither of us are very bright um you had 11 see its for a whopping 42.31 percent on the season so 11 out of 26 my friend all right now I <laughs> it's interesting for me because uh last season i was 13 for 26 the season before i was 17 for 26. Uh, Before that, 18. So I've steadily gone downhill each season, which I'm sure Dan would say is uh, not a surprise. But I split it right down the middle on season seven. I was 13 for 26 for an even 50%. uh, 50%. So um, uh, I would say see half the season. I'm sure Amy Nelson from Trek FM will uh, hate every one of those percentages, boys.
2: I think the.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that not a single
2: one of us made it over fifty percent. Now, can I ask the question? Just because I don't remember, I've listened to all your see it skipits. And do you guys which season got the highest percentage? Oh, let's see. I can look real quick. I had sixty nine percent for well, season six.
0: So, no, I th- can tell you right off the bat. Sure, it's a. Uh, it's actually, season three. Uh, Dan, had, nice. Dan had 22 of 26 for 84.62%. Yeah. And I had 25 of 26
2: wow. for 97%. Woo! All right. So that's the season since we've made it through TNG. Then that's the season. If you're going to go back and rewatch a season, then it's definitely season three. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. I, uh, the other ones for me are, are a steady decline. Dan stays pretty high in season four, um, And in season five, but yeah, I pretty much lower the average for everybody, which is pretty much what I did in high school.
1: (laughs) Mm. You know, what's uh, interesting as we're looking through these past seasons, season seven was not my lowest. I thought it was, but season two, I actually came in at 45.45%. So uh, that was a percentage and a half lower for
0: me than season seven, which is very shocking. Also, a reduced number of episodes in season two also. True.
2: Well, that's the interesting thing, because I think if I objectively were to think about all seven seasons together in my head, I would call season two as the worst season and I would call season three the best season. So that's interesting. But season seven, it's interesting. And we talked about this off the air uh, right before we recorded the episode. It's interesting if you look at all the shows, uh, especially the Berman shows together on their last seven seasons. They all seem to have problems. In the final season, including D space nine until they lock into that 10 episode thing. And even Voyager has problems. Like there are some episodes in in the final season of Voyager where you're like, man, you guys like you guys could have gotten them home way before this. And then we could be dealing with like Maquis Federation stuff. What are you doing here? Neelix family episode. (laughs) and you
1: know what the same thing could be seen said for episode uh for god i can't even talk tonight there's a surprise the same thing could be s- said for uh season seven of enterprise i couldn't bl- oh wait a minute
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah oh that's brutal I, jason thank you so much man for joining us it was an absolute treat we can't wait to have you back in 2018 to talk some deep space nine you know we know that you're in a variety of places, but you also have a brand new comic book, which has hit stores all over the nation.
2: Yeah, that is correct. Um, Ashley Victoria Robinson on, uh, and I have co-written a comic book called Jupiter Jet. It comes out from Action Lab Entertainment. It is out in comic book stores everywhere. You can also find it digitally on Comicsology. And it's basically, um, imagine if the Rocketeer met uh, Kim Possible about a 16 year old girl with a jetpack. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's an adventure comic book with a lot of humor. Um, and there's a little brother in it and a, and a cat and some robots. So if any of that sounds good to you, uh, if you're a science fiction fan, like you are of Star Trek, I think you're going to like uh, Jupiter jet, but otherwise you can just find me around the internet anywhere at Jawin
0: J A W I I N. Thank you so much, man. A, a treat and a pleasure to have you here. Give our best to Ashley. Would you? We'll do. And thank you guys so much for
2: finally letting me on. And I'm excited to see if I go 26 for 26 of D space
0: nine season five. (laughs) (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll hold you to it, man. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you. Dan, huge. Thanks to Jason for coming on and, uh, and reigning in the chaos for this particular episode. He was amazing.
1: He was. What a consummate professional. I mean, I wish I had a co-host that was as smooth sounding as that guy was. That was awesome.
0: So do I. <laughs> so do I. Uh, Dan, one of the things we didn't talk about with Jason was the results from Camp Kittimer And we wanted to spend a little time talking about that now so that we could give it some some focus instead of just rushing right through it. Mm-hmm. Um As you know, Debbie in Camp Kittimer has taken it upon herself to put up a a poll that people can vote on for every episode in a given season of Star Trek. And they can choose whether they want to see it or skip it, and they can add comments of their own. And sometimes these results are... um, enlightening shall we say
1: or struck by one or the other i'm really not sure um i was i was very happy and and honored to see the turnout for season seven the amount of people we had 39 people actually give their thoughts on the entire season uh seven of tng which is great i love seeing that that uh, camaraderie of people coming together at camp kittimer and, and doing things like this so big thanks to her for for putting this out there and yeah there were some surprises in here that uh, uh, wow, yeah, we're gonna talk about them. I think
0: <laughs> we are, and I think the thing that interests me the most is that there were three episodes that were 100% see it's, there were no skip it's for these three episodes, and they are in order parallels, very good, yeah, the Pegasus, no, yeah, and the lower decks.
1: Unbelievable that there were not four on this list, to be honest with you. Uh,
0: yeah, so let's talk about that. Which uh, which episode are you referring to, my friend? Well, I think uh, it was very clear how much I love the finale of,
1: of TNG with All Good Things. And uh, I was shocked to see, even though it's only one skip it, there was actually one skip it for this finale. Uh, of one of the greatest uh, Star Trek series there is.
0: Uh, You, of course, are speaking of all good things. And yeah, that really is surprising. You know, um, there are a couple of close calls on a couple of other episodes. um, But I think that one is the most glaring because I, I always thought that episode to be universally loved.
1: Absolutely. Now, as we have heard, uh, and we have been part of over on Trek ranks, hashtag no wrong answers. Everybody's favorite Star Trek is someone's least favorite. Uh, but this was quite a surprise. And the reason given for, uh, being a skip it is it was too long for its storyline. I find that very interesting. Um, so yeah, that was, that was one of the things in the entire, uh, series or season, I should say, uh, that surprised me. There were a couple others as well. How about you?
0: Well, uh, to, you know, to, to play off that comment for a bit, I don't think that's a, an unfair criticism. I think that episode is a little long to be honest. Um, I, I think there are probably some things they could have done a little differently, but ultimately I think that the episode is pretty fantastic. Um, Uh, I'm surprised that uh, as many people said skip it to Journey's end as they did. Um, I'd say it was probably about a 75% see it, which I I thought was interesting. I, of course, said skip it. Um, But I'm surprised that a whole bunch of people agreed with me on this one because I didn't see that coming.
1: (laughs) You know what one was interesting for me was the amount of see it for interface. We're looking at yeah. six, nine out of thirty-nine rated it a, see it, um, and one person actually said that it was great. Geordie character development. Well, that's not necessarily untrue. I think that the rest of the episode is so weak, at least in my personal opinion, that it just it even character development of Geordie couldn't save it, and a lot of people seem to agree.
0: <laughs> here's, I love reading some of the verbatim's from the comments, especially for interface. One person admits they haven't seen it yet. Um, for that person, yeah, don't skip it. Seriously. <laughs> um, uh, here's another comment: Gumby Jordy forgets he's smart. Skip it. <laughs> McCoy says she's dead. Jordy, skip it. <laughs> this is the best one for for interface. Um, floating garbage can probes Jordy.
1: <laughs> that's scary that is scary but true yeah that's right yep um uh, <laughs> now go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna move to a different episode but i gotta hear i want to hear if you got something else about interface
0: <laughs> uh the last comment is sorry it's never your mom <laughs> <laughs> I, that's I do the love last one yeah, the comments are fantastic. <laughs> We've got some
1: great Camp Kidamerites in there with some good comments. You know what was shocking to me? What's up? Fifteen people rated Dark Page as a see it. Almost half of the people on yeah. Camp Kidamer rated Dark Page a see it. And I think we have said that it's one it's our top bottom ten of all of TNG.
0: Yeah, I I'm really kind of surprised by that. Um, some people think it's better than the host. Um <laughs> Which uh, okay, I mean, you, applying the champion rule, that has to be true. But I think my favorite comment is is, is the skip it comment, which is sadly, I just didn't care, and that really kind of sums up how I how we feel about this episode. Absolutely, yep. I. Uh we said it
1: we said it before there this episode as well as a couple of others it's just what what's the word that you love to use once a season even though you use it three times in season seven meh yeah exactly yeah I don't know <laughs> uh sub Rosa let's talk about that one for a second two four, oh, let me six, scroll. six. S- only six people only six people gave it a see it so that's good but uh somebody who gave it a skip it <laughs> Casper,
0: the horny ghost. Okay. <laughs> well, I did make comment to the fact that Beverly and all the women in her family have been sexually assaulted by space ghosts. Yes. Yeah. That's a little creepy. Uh, and there's also don't cross the streams. <laughs> that's relevant. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> We're all uncomfortable now. Skip it.
1: <laughs> we really are. It's uh... The, uh,
0: the best comment for that is probably in the see it category, which is you're not Nana. Nana's dead. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I hope, De- Deb, you're going
1: to keep these going for Deep Space Nine, I hope, because these are, these are, these are wonderful.
0: <laughs> they really are. We really appreciate everybody who took the time to, uh, to respond. Um, Dan, any other episodes stand out for you? I am amazed at the amount of um, seats
1: for Firstborn. I mean, I, I cannot stand that episode. Let's say three, four, five, eight, twelve, 12, uh, over half looking at it. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, somebody says two words to Alexander's, but really it's two words, James Sloyan. Yeah,
1: and and I, I said it when, when we talked with, uh, with Jason, even Sloyan couldn't save it for me. And that's got to say something about the episode because he is magnificent in every single episode. Episode of Star Trek that he's ever been in.
0: Unbelievable. You know, um, I, love, uh, I love looking at the the comments for Bloodlines, which is the episode right after that. And there's a whole lot of skip it. Let's be honest. Yes. But the best comment in that category says, do all captains have unknown sons? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
2: goodness. Well, at least Jake was a known son.
0: Well, but, you know, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm sure that, uh, well, as far as we know, Cisco doesn't have an unknown son, and Archer could. For all we Janeway?
1: know, no, that wouldn't make sense.
0: <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you no, know, all the uh, the Janeway Chakotay shippers are hoping for that. Oh well, well, actually, did did she know that she had baby lizards? <laughs> with to, oh, she's with Tom Paris. Yeah, she, I don't know. <laughs> oh well, you might. Oh God, threshold. Oh my word. You had to go there. You had to go there. Sorry. You're welcome. Um, yeah, but no, the, the it's interesting because aside from those episodes that we mentioned, a lot of them are overwhelmingly see it or they're overwhelmingly skip it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a little better than average for TNG. I thought in other seasons, there was a lot more gray area where it was a closer ratio. But I think season seven, is, there's definitely some strong opinions on either side.
1: So you're saying that in previous episodes, there was more shades of gray?
0: Uh, oh, oh, boy.
1: But we haven't gotten to the farcism yet, so save it.
0: Oh, yeah, please. Can't wait for that. <laughs> um, Homeward was oh. interesting. Yeah. Get to it. I, uh, I'm trying to count the it's right now. Uh, I, like I said, I,
1: originally this was not one that I really liked all that much, but after watching it again and really paying attention to Sorvino and and listening to the folks over at Mission Log, I have a huge appreciation for it now. Plus we get to see Penny Johnson, which is always never a bad thing because she's always good in what she's doing. Um, so I was surprised to see as many skippets for this one as we have
0: in this list from Camp Kittimer. It's right at about 50% down the middle, which wow. kind of surprises me, actually. Mm-hmm. Very surprising. I, um, yeah. You know, it's a, that's one of those down-the-middle-of-the-road episodes. And I think that the the rating uh, matches that. Um, same with Eye of the Beholder. It's, it's very similar in that regard as well. Um, whereas I think we both thought it was a massive skip it. Mm-hmm. About 50% of the people thought it was... Um interesting mystery with a dumb resolution. See it. Um you know, uh, but again, 50% just about right down the middle.
1: One thing I'll say about Eye of the Beholder, which I did like, and I apologize I don't have the name of the actor off the top of my head, but I usually can just off just say his name. He's in Shawshank Redemption, he was in Star Trek Continues recently. He's the bad guy in this one. I liked I liked him. He was very creepy in this. Um, but it just couldn't save it for me. The whole idea that half the episode just didn't even happen. It, uh, it's like, really? Yeah, okay. Who shot Jr? Like I said, I I keep repeating myself because it just, it makes sense to say
0: that. That was Mark Ralston who also turned up in Star Trek Continues at one point. I said that. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Couldn't think of his name.
1: Well, so. I, know, I know. I can't think of your name half the time, so. Who's this?
0: Who are you?
2: I know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, that kind of,
0: wraps up our look at Star Trek The Next Generation during this 30th anniversary season. Any final thoughts on on our see it or skip it overall for all seven seasons?
1: Um, I, what I would like to do, I think is maybe, uh, I'll do this offline and I'll have some, some information in Camp Kittim or maybe on next week's show. I'd like to get an overall percentage of all of the episodes and what the percentage of see it was when you add them all together. I think it'd be interesting to see what it is because there were a few seasons that were really low and then there were a couple seasons that were really high. So it'll be interesting to see what, uh, the overall percentage of see it would be, I think.
0: I think for me, it was really interesting to see where you and I came down and differed, and then how that translated to Camp Kittimer once we started doing those polls. And we didn't do those right away. But uh, I thought it, I think it provides some really great context. And I'm really looking forward to doing that for all of the future Theater Skippets, because I think that'll be some really great discussion.
1: Part of the part of the reason why I love doing the theater skip with you so much, man, is is the preparation when we get to go back and and think about these episodes or rewatch them again. And the thoughts that we have, which there have been surprising ones from you that that uh, I've heard, and I'm sure you feel the same with things that I've said. It's really cool to get that opinion out in the open so that we can compare what we think about these different episodes. It's really cool.
0: I think the only thing as far as future see-it or skip-its, and and this probably is not much of a spoiler, but so far every episode of Star Trek Discovery Season 1 is a see-it. I'm just going to throw
1: that out there. Yeah, I don't know if we even have to do see-it or skip-it for uh, Discovery Season 1 because we might as well just call it it. (laughs) see-it.
0: And according to Jason, every episode of of Deep Space Nine Season 5. I think that's
1: not a bad thing either.
0: Dan, you know what else is not a bad thing is there are so many ways to subscribe to Trek Geeks that it is just it's it's almost funny. And recently, we announced that this podcast is now available on the largest streaming service on the planet. That's right. Spotify now carries your independent Star Trek podcast. It's really simple. All you have to do is use the Spotify mobile app and search for Trek Geeks. And you can instantly start streaming our podcast right there. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, of course, there's always Apple Podcasts, uh, the, the, the platform formerly known as iTunes. There's Google Play. There's iHeartRadio. There's Stitcher. Um, just a variety of ways where people can get this here podcast. And we want everyone to head on over to subscribe.trekgeeks.com. Figure out how you can get your Star Trek podcast delivered your way sounds pretty great. Dan, next week. Next week. Looks like we're going to talk about what could be mm-hmm. the best finale of all time.
1: It, it could be and I think it is as as we found out tonight. We were going to do it. We were going to do it this week, but we said, "Nah, let's do see it or skip it first. Have Jason on, have a great time. Next week, the entire show is going to be devoted to talking about the Next Generations series finale all good things. And I know one thing that's not good, and that's having to sit there for the whole hour with you to talk about it, but I'm going to sacrifice that time and do it with you, my friend.
0: Uh, Thank you for your sacrifice. (laughs) I'm sure that our listening audience is, is breathing a huge sigh of relief that you'll be here. Thank you. Dan, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at the thetricordertransmissions.com. So many great shows over there, Dan, whether it's Disco Trek or Drawing Trek or the new Tracks, they have content guaranteed to please any Star Trek fan. So head on over to the thetricordertransmissions.com. Please check out all their shows. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Treks, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. Of course, Dan, we do have to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission. Without them, this podcast would not sound nearly as amazing. Mm. Uh, head on over to fiveyearmission.net, download all of their albums, really every single one. We know year four is almost here. Go out there, become a guest geek, you know, and, uh, and help make year four happen. But definitely Five Year Mission, show them some love.
1: It's always great to see all these great things about five year mission, all the, all the great tweets and all the great posts on Facebook. And it makes the time go by all that much better. And speaking of time, Bill, I love time travel episodes, don't you? I, I adore them. Yes, they're awesome. Well, I watched one the other day. It is a classic time travel episode, my friend. Archer and Tapal joined our very good friends from Five-Year Mission, and they traveled all the way back to 21st century Earth, to Detroit, of all places, so that they could stop a maniacal group of musicians from destroying the planet. Check it out, man. It is the Zindi Ark classic, Farkender Street.
0: What? What is wrong with you?
1: <laughs> it, it's. It was a it's a it, important episode in the arc, man. It's, I don't know what the problem is. What, what's the matter? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what a great way to end this episode. <laughs> Thanks for, up for that. yeah. Yeah. Fiveyearmission.net. Please download all their albums and help them out with year four. We guarantee you're going to love it for now. This has been episode 122 of the Trek geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
1: Oh, Bill. I should have done this a long time ago. So, five-card stud, nothing wild, and coconut's the limit. You okay? I'm I'm perfect. That sounded a little um, a little weak f- coming from you, who's usually so powerful sounding and uh, bing bong. Uh. Uh, you've
0: to, done this to me. <laughs> no, now you've done this to me. I'm beaten down. Finally, I'm a shell of a man. That's what a week of commuting with you has done. Did you just say Michelle? What? No, I said I'm a shell. I'm, You're uh, deaf oh, too. I'm,
1: no, I'm just still reeling from Dr. McKenna. Spoiler alert. No, people have listened already. I didn't say what happened.
0: She could have gotten a hangnail. Yeah,
1: I'm still upset about Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's still hanging on by a thread. Sure.
1: <laughs> hangnail. She's hanging on by a hangnail?
0: No. No.
1: How was your weekend?
0: Uh, okay, that
1: yeah. was yours It was great, it was awesome Got to go back up to Maine for the weekend and be with my bride And had an open house today So, yeah, went well Good you da- Yeah, damn right it's good, mister Don't you forget it
0: Wow, you're, you're very angry
1: It's not angry, I got a big smile on my face, actually <laughs> Why? Because I'm recording with you tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I couldn't hear it with a straight face either. You're killing me. <laughs>
1: hey, you know what? Another Sunday, another another week in the NFL, and another Patriots victory. So why would I not be upset? Or would be upset? Why would I be upset?
0: It was the Bills, so I don't know that it counts.
1: Doesn't matter. It's still a W. W tell you what
0: should that be- uh, it is uh, it is but oh don't do that please you're killing me it, it's the bills yeah it's not like it's a real nfl team
1: i don't want to upset our friends in colorado but uh
0: whew, those broncos Ooh. yeah i don't think there's really anything to upset i don't think anybody in who's a a Broncos fan, lives under any delusion that their team was going to be any good once Peyton left.
1: That's true. That's true. I understand. You know what's a funny stat? A funny stat about Tom Brady, TB12, our man. He is third all-time for quarterback wins in Buffalo. The only two in front of him are the two long-time quarterbacks of the Buffalo Bills. Hmm. Then that's nothing. What if Jim Kelly? One, yeah, and the other one is uh, Ferguson. I think was his name. So I thought that was an George interesting Ferguson. stat. I don't know what his name is. I don't care. It's Buffalo. I was just that's referencing the, Saturday. No offense to our friends and listeners in Buffalo, because you're all wonderful
0: people. But I'm talking about the Bills. Hey, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it's
1: because they don't have anything else to do. They're not going to the playoffs. They're the longest team without a playoff run in, in uh, even worse than Cleveland.
0: I'm sure all this NFL talk is fascinating to our <laughs> fans. <and listeners. laughs>
1: Sorry. I was watching the game before I came downstairs. All right, let's do this.
0: All right. As a side note. You keep fading in and out intermittently. Do you want me to start recording locally just to be safe? Well, again, we're on oh, that's right. Yes, I keep forgetting. I really have to worry about that. Right, 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 right. But, there are definite drops in
1: your uh, in your VoIP call. Okay. I will make sure that next week I am connected
0: hardwired. Yeah. Other than that, it's just it's every 30 to 45 seconds or so, it, it fades a little bit. Okay. So we'll probably be able to do the first half of the wrapper, and then we'll probably have to do the second half tomorrow. Yep, that's fine. It's 7.45, so I don't think we'll have to worry about the Camp Ketimer stuff tonight.
1: Uh, I was going to do that in the... in the. Um, oh, yes, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah, sorry. Wrong title.
0: Okay. I'm going to close that for now. Stand by. Here we go. <clears throat> I forgot my water. Damn it.
1: I got my margarita.
0: <laughs> Hold on one second.
1: <clears throat> Bill's a big jerk. Bill's a big jerk. Jerk, Bill. Face, jerk.
0: Burp. Left it outside the door because I had to move a laundry basket. I see. And I never picked it back up. Well, that wasn't very bright. That's that's me in a nutshell. All right, here we go. Dan, it's time for the news from TrekNews.net. Da, 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 da. The Alpha Quadrant. Da, 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 da. All the news on all the Star Treks. Da, 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 da. It's TrekNews.net. Da, 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 da. <laughs> How did I get Louis Armstrong doing the ABC News World News Tonight theme? You never know who's going to drop by on Trek Geeks. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, we've had Aaron Neville, we've had Louis Armstrong. <laughs>